0: Hey, Uncle Mike, what's going on?
1: Mystic Mark, it is good to hear your voice <laughs> as I am driving in my vehicle, which is probably my favorite time to talk.
0: Right on yeah, and this is uh, this is an extra special episode because considering uh, that it might not be as lengthy as our typical episode, I figured this would be our intro for the uh, swapcast that you participated in um, with Sarah, our past guest. What do you think?
1: Uh, I, that sounds great. I'm excited for, for, um, <laughs> give you a little bit of insight into uncle Mike's mind. Uh, because I talk so much, like I've frequent, um, frequent opportunities to speak. Um, I often have no me- <laughs> no memory. It's hard for me to remember what I talked about after like an hour of it. Like it goes mm-hmm. down the memory hole. So that record, that SWAPcast recording was I don't know. Was that a week ago? So I don't remember what I said, but I remember I was like, I want this this SWAPcast to also show up, or to be a, a SWAPcast to also show up on your handbook for the apocalypse. Because I told, from my perspective, the full story, I tell the full story from the beginning of Susquehanna Mystery to more or less where things are right now in Nome Countryside. Because I see that as a continuation Mm -hmm. um, from my journey, which somehow, and I, I don't necessarily have an explanation, I just see the markers, which is deeply tied
0: to Freemasonry. Hmm. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> what? I mean, I kind of have an idea of how it's connected, but ha- has there been any new reasons why it's connected to Freemasonry? You mean this this oh, conversation, or or the overall, like
1: the o- the overall arc?
0: Right. 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 From, so from...
1: beginning, because it, it's, it's been involved from the very beginning.
0: Mm.
1: From the very beginning of, of the Susquehanna mystery, uh, it starts with the analysis of the, the, the image with the John Smith map of Virginia, the, uh, the Susquehanna who is in somewhat uh, uh, occulted Freemasonic regalia. That being collar and jewel, and and apron, and posture, and posture.
0: Now, do you feel like you're becoming <laughs> a little more open to the idea of uh, of joining one of those groups?
1: Absolutely not. They have <laughs> too high a <of> boost. <laughs> Absolutely not for other reasons. I don't join any organizations. Mm. That's my nature now, but that question though, is an interesting question. I might broaden it, and this is this is this is something I've thought about from the very beginning is like what is freemasonry? you know and I mean that kind of like a rhetorical question um, is it like what we think of as the organization is that pointing to something deeper beyond the the, the cultural touch point which we all know it at right and so it, it's funny because uh, just a little while ago I got a, uh, uh, I got a message from from our friend Sarah and she was talking about uh, reading analysis on Freemasonry which basically says Freemasonry is just Kabbalah for for Goya, for Nazis. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I, I think she listened to my conversation with Michael Hoffman that came out today. She, uh, she got in touch with me and said, "Oh, great episode."
1: Well, there we go. Yeah. And so, so with that as with that as a as like kind of a, a starting point of uh, Freemasonry, and and, and you now keep in mind, like I've I read a few books on Freemasonry. I watched. Videos on Freemasonry, but I'm not like an expert on Freemasonry, whether that be from a conspiratorial perspective or a um, uh, or anything else. But but I certainly have like uh, an awareness that that organization has played a very key role in the last 400 years, uh, and we find them in. Involved in any place in at least the United States, which has uh, you know some degree of municipality. Doesn't matter where you are in America. If you drive into a town, you're probably going to see that blue sign that tells you the name and the number and the dates of when the local chat, the local lodge uh, has their meetings. So, like, you can't really avoid if you if you want to if you want to have some degree of understanding of, of of the realm and the world we live in, you know, you can't avoid the question of what is Freemasonry um, if you're going to have a, a, you know, a full analysis or 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 looking for any any sort of analysis. Well, it's it's kind of
0: like a cult. Mysteries societies for a secular society, right like the mystery cults for, for a secular society rather than a, a pagan or a religious one. Uh,
1: certainly like there's, there's a long history of uh, there's a long history of, of secret societies throughout the histories which we're told. And this fits in that model. So I think uh, my opinion, at least in terms of reading about more ancient secret societies, is that uh, the, the barriers to entry are less for Freemasonry. Like, I think you just have to ask, Tori. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. And so, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, particularly if there's any Freemasons that are listening to this, I've never really looked uh, looked into like how you join. Um, I do think that I've heard before that you are never asked to join, that you have to request it, which um, I think is a very interesting sort of uh, uh, maybe clue as to the nature of or maybe could think that some of the Natures of what it is, but but the underlying question is like, what is it? Like, what truly is it? Whether it's it's the the Hoffman perspective of it's just Kabbalah for Goyim, or whether it's um, sometimes I think of it this way, and I, and I I even think of of the intelligence agencies this way, um, from as as an organization which is like purposefully uh, um, misleading what their their objective is, I think of the movie based upon the the philip k dick short story The Adjustment Bureau, where it talks about these behind the scenes organizations that structure uh, the unfolding of life you know in in a very practical sense, like what civilizations look like um and so i I asked myself um you know, is is that part of on the on the deeper level of of how life on Earth in this realm is is um, the structure is created? There are obviously organizations that create the events and the the the, the instances so that life unfolds a certain way. Um, you know, is does that fit Freemasonry? Are they one of those? And the understanding of that organization which is everyone knows about Freemasonry. There's no it's not secret, like there's signs everywhere, as I said before, in uh, as you go into any town in America which has uh, a Masonic Lodge, but is the idea of what it truly is very different than what we think it is. And that also is supported by all of Manley E. Hall's work, which always says that Freemasonry is uh, has a fraternity within a fraternity, meaning like there are many levels of 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 the organization, um, and within the organization there are you know there there are other secret societies within it, which kind of at least to me begs the question, of like, well okay well what's that that second secret society? Right. <laughs> And so I'll I'll bring this I'll bring this full back to like the the purpose of how we we started this this conversation on Freemasonry is that what as I tell the story of Freemasonry showing itself again and again within my personal trajectory, um, like with, what what truly is that? You know, where is this coming from? There's so many kind of like mysterious and unexplainable logically unexplainable connections to freemasonry um which at least has me open to the possibility like there's something else going on deeper than like the 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 first level explanation which is freemasons are out together.
0: well it's interesting that we start with this because uh Last night on Illuminati Confirmed, a show you've guested on before, um, we had uh Ryan Burns on the show who has a sort of sympathetic take on secret societies, secret societies being uh sort of like protectors of powerful information, making sure it's guided into the right hands and 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 <laughs> what we've been doing now, which has become really fun on Illuminati confirmed is we invite the uh people watching on the live stream because we've been doing them as a live YouTube show. We invite people from the audience to be in the Zoom chat meeting with us, be in the Zoom meeting. So uh after Ryan left we had a few people come on and they for the most part were like secret societies, look at this guy trying to give us uh, make it uh, what do they think we're stupid they're babying us we can't handle the information so it was it was interesting because both people were sort of you know right um the guests and our viewers you know even though a lot of our viewers were like what secret societies are good you know this is I never expect these guys to be talking about this uh it's interesting the 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 uh, duplici- I mean, it's funny because Chris, you know how Chris is on that show. He put the heat on our guest and was like, so basically you're a hypocrite. <laughs> and Ryan goes, well, it goes back to Hippocrates. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, like the ultimate deflection, but he he's a good sport.
1: So I, I think that that's a perfect example and I appreciate uh, you bringing that up. So, um, what, what what you at least just described was a dualistic one off yes no black white aka checkerboard of of an analysis of what secret societies are what free masonry is and, oh they're good oh they're bad and and which is kind of funny because you know that that is that is implied within Freemasonry of with the checkerboard of that dualistic sort of perspective, um, but to me, I, th- I think that's a simplistic approach. Like I'm always interested on more, me personally, on a deeper, fundamental level of the nature of the realm, and why I keep saying it that way is because, like, you know, I hold the perspective that like, this is a mystery. And like, I'm here. I don't know what's not here, but it, but I am mostly interested in how here works just because I'm not anywhere else. And that's why it's important to me to look at, at this type of, of question from like a, from multiple perspectives, yeah. um, and not necessarily to commit to, um, to, like, you know, simple things are good or they bad. Though mm. so admittedly, like, I love to cast the Freemasons in, in the role of the villain. And, like, if we want to be open to, like, different re- different ways of looking at things, like, you know, like, maybe they're the villain in order for you to go and figure it out. Like, there's a story. Maybe that makes sense. You don't know if that's true or not. Like, we've always heard about the idea of a useful idiot to fit into, like, a role, but that's usually because... Um, you know, to Chris's, uh, proving Chris's point, it's like, yeah, most people are freaking, friggin' And most people can't handle the truth. Because most people, and like the idea, like uh, the guest is not the first person, wow, you know, to spectacular. Uh, like that's the whole manly Paul perspective in his books was that, that, like, you know, secret societies are just like what you're describing, which is, you know, the keepers of the truth and and um, and their their role is important for society. I'm not I'm not saying that's accurate or not. And in fact, I remember when I had that meeting when we had that meeting or that event with the Freemasons at the restaurant. I talked about Manly people Hall, and then um, and I made reference to some of his quotes, particularly from the Secret Teachings of All Ages. And I was pulled aside by one of the senior members afterwards. I just want to let you know that Manly P. Hall wrote that book before he was a Freemason, with some sort of implication saying that maybe his opinion would have changed or changed once he like finally found out the truth. I don't know what any that means. That's my interpretation of it. But I'm just throwing out all the data for it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I heard, I think we have even talked about this before, that uh, Manly P. Hall was more or less sort of, uh, you know, granted an honorary degree to some extent and didn't really have to start from the, you know, the bottom of the ranks due to, you know, the books that he had written. So maybe that that's what why they did that, because they were like, wow, this guy knows... Uh, all of it, all, almost all of it. Let's, you know, kind of correct him and, and steer him straight, and also get him to sign this NDA so he never uh, writes about it.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's interesting about the the honorary degrees. You're absolutely right. He, he's an honorary thirty third degree Mason. In my in my memory is correct. Um, and, and so the question is like, well, what's the difference between that and, and someone who goes through the steps and and at least on the surface, like, I would conclude the same thing that you just suggested, which, um, he paid his dues in other ways. Like, and I use paid his dues in the metaphor sense.
0: Mm. Well, you know, to be fair, one of the other most famous Freemasonic authors, uh, I think the same thing happened to him. What, Morals and Dogma, are, is that the, the book that I'm thinking of, written by uh, Albert Pipe. Albert Pipe. Yeah. Albert
1: Pipe there was no way Albert Pike was a, was an honorary.
0: So what happened with Albert Pike was more like a loophole. I, and, uh, you know, maybe someone out there will correct me. But as far as I've learned, uh, Albert Pike sort of, they, instead of, you know, having him go through the ranking system because of what he knew, they created a new lodge and granted him like the 32nd degree uh like uh, in this new lodge that was like the Albert Pike you know whatever such and such I, it also had something to do i think with the 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 times they were in with the war going on so i don't know may, maybe someone will fact check me maybe not i no
1: I, i've never i've never heard that story but i find it fascinating cuz um and there's once upon a time where like looking into Albert Pike and looking into, like uh, Freemasonry I, uh, was, was much higher on my list of things which I was looking into. Mm. Uh, but he is always, uh, I believe the the title which I had read multiple times tied to him was He's the Pope of Freemasonry. And I always just assumed that, that he came through the normal channels. But if what you're saying is accurate, like, I'm wondering, like, what does this guy know? Like, where did he come from? Mm. Because he was a Civil War general, correct? Is that? Is my memory correct?
0: Well, I am in front of a computer, so we don't need to guess. Let me look it up. I think he was <clears throat> certainly involved in the Civil War. If he, yeah, he was a Confederate States Army senior officer. Uh, commanding the District of Indian Territory in the Trans-Mississippi Theater. A prominent member of the Freemasons, Pike served as the sovereign grand commander of the Supreme Council Scottish Rite from 1859 to 1889, so for 30 years. Um, that sounds like a big title. And he was also right. a, a Supreme Court Associate Justice of uh, the Supreme Court of Arkansas before, uh, prior to the civil war. So yeah, quite a, a distinguished guy from Boston, Massachusetts, uh, as well. Huh.
1: I did not know that. So he's, so tell he's me a about it.
0: Own... He's a Harvard graduate, um, which, it, Well, he, I'm sorry. He passed the entrance, entrance exams at Harvard. Uh, but he chose not to attend when he saw the uh, tuition fees. Um, but what what would you like to know? He says he was how part... he, how, if he is if he's New England
1: born and bred, then how did he get or Oh yeah, get on this... the side of the Confederacy. Confederacy.
0: Let's see, that's a great question. So it, it <laughs> seems like he settled in Arkansas, and uh, in 1833. So I guess he sort of rooted himself down south. Uh, became, like I said. Uh, member of the Supreme Court in Arkansas, first a reporter, then an associate justice. uh, And then he was sort of um, specializing in relationships between the government of Arkansas and different Native American tribes, the Creeks, the Choctaw, the Chickasaw. uh, And then later he became a part of the anti-Catholic Know-Nothing Party, uh, and it's at its founding in the summer of 1854. Um, he was a poet, and then here's the part about the Freemasonry. He joined the Fraternal Independent Order of the Odd Fellows in 1840. Uh, he next joined a Masonic lodge, where he became extremely active in the affairs of the organization in 1859. He was elected Sovereign Grand Commander of the Scottish Rite Southern Jurisdiction. Well, this is Wikipedia, so they might not have the uh, inner sort of workings of of Freemasonry, but I don't know. It doesn't say anything here that disputes what I said. Um, But it seems like he was a part of the Odd Fellows first, which I learned recently was organized in uh, Baltimore, Massachusetts, and it was sort of uh, like Baltimore, Massachusetts. Mhm the Order of the Odd Fellows uh Baltimore, Massachusetts. I'm now I'm reading it from Wikipedia. Thomas Wild Wildy is the founder of the Order of Odd Fellows in North America. And from what I heard or read, they were uh they were sort of involved with uh burying the dead, like helping families and whatnot uh bury their dead. I don't know if that's just what they say they do now you know, to to keep their, their agenda secret. But anyways, sort of lost track there. But yeah, what do you think? Albert Pike?
1: <laughs> well I'm actually more interested in the odd fellows but uh the Albert much of how I how I frame up Albert Pike, to be honest, comes from um uh Alan Watts of through The Matrix. Hmm talk about Albert Pike all the time in the Reaper, worlds, and read the worlds Dog dogma. Um, and he was very, very, uh, uh, he was, he, he was not a fan of Albert Pike. Um, so I, I just know, I know about him like mostly as uh, a general character in the overall play of, of the history of, of the United States as opposed to like someone who's really gone into a character study. So um, I'm still, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he um, But I did find on a personal level of interest that uh, that he was an odd fellow. Well, That's a strange organization. Or at yeah. least one that interests me, and I'll explain why in a moment. I'm going to hear what you got to say.
0: Yeah, let me elaborate a little bit because I said that they were founded in uh, Baltimore. They were officially, officially founded in Baltimore, but they had existed uh, way back into the 1730s in England. There had also been unofficial oddfellow lodges in New York City. So maybe this was sort of uh, a response to other lodges, like, you know, we're the oddfellows. We don't fit in with those guys. Uh but yeah, it's interesting they chose Baltimore and not just any place in Baltimore, but the Seven Stars Tavern in Baltimore. Uh, seven Stars?
1: There we go. <laughs> okay. um, so, so I, I, I looked a lot like the name by itself, like maybe Odd had a different context in the 1800s, 1700s. I don't know. But like in our current context, like that seems to be. An unusual name to refer to oneself, mm. uh, particularly for a group of um, like mainstream folks. You got to be pretty mainstream to you know pay the dues and you're a participant in it. So I would think like odd is not necessarily, me I could be wrong. But I was never, I never found a good explanation as to why they call themselves odd fellows. That was my personal opinion after doing like quite a bit of For, there, there are two reasons why I was personally interested in the Oddfellows. Is one, while doing some genealogical research on my father's or my father's father's family line, Oddfellows played a prominent role in Baltimore, Maryland. you this in the past that when i was when i was a young man My, my, my past social experience, like, I seemingly was a member as well. Really? Really. <laughs> huh. That I, would have been a good one to drop on, on Illuminati Confirmed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we did talk about that a little bit on Illuminati Confirmed, but I, I think I've also mentioned that I was part of a fraternity as well. Yes, uh, we've
1: had conversations before.
0: Yeah. We probably
1: talked about the, the uh, odd fellows. So, like when when that pops back up, and then particularly when you became the, the what was what was what was Pike's uh, eventual thirty year title, the Supreme Commander of of the South of the what was he, Scottish. He's the, Rite?
0: he's the sovereign Grand Commander of the Scottish Right Southern Jurisdiction.
1: Southern Jurisdiction. Yeah, that's that's uh, and he went from Odd Fellow to Freemasonry. If I recall, like like the like Odd Fellows is definitely like a, a Freemasonic offshoot. Mm. Well, I, I could be wrong, but that's what's that's what I'm speaking out of my memory.
0: Well, it does say when I looked up the etymology of odd that odd comes from possibly a couple different places. Most of those sources uh, are a variation of either point or angle or three. So sort of Masonic with those first two and then the third being maybe, you know, like we have the church, then we have the Freemasons, now we have the third, the odd fellows, right? That could be possibly So
1: what did you say in what the first two were you said one was point?
0: Yeah, in uh like I said, a number of different languages: Old Norse, Germanic, Old English. Uh, it means point, comma, angle.
1: How do you understand those two to be related? Point and angle.
0: As a sort of, uh, like a point of land that has an angle would be an ode, an ode. <laughs> that that seems to be what they're point, hinting at with this. I mean, it, you you've seen this sort of thing before when you search an etymology, it tells you like the meaning from sixteen different languages all in one paragraph. So I'm kind of doing right. a little bit of uh, you know paraphrasing here, but yeah, the the predominant word that I'm seeing next to the number three is p- uh, point, and then also angle. So.
1: So what, what when I see, when I like to look at when I'm doing the etymology, and you see like the different meanings of of words from way back when, I always like to think about, well, what's the common thread? Like, like what do these different definitions, like, is there something that they share in common? Mm. Right, like that's my approach. And when I listen to you say point. Ankle and three, um, like I like. They seem
0: to be like one. Oh no! You got into one of those dead spots, Mike. Listeners, we will go back and we will edit this out, Mark edit this part out mark this is a reminder to myself um michael wan can you hear this sound effect can you hear us yes okay we lost you for a second at the word uh at the word uh seems like it seems, seems like what? these three words are connected so,
1: yes 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 okay so i go through that one zone whenever i dry like to enter into Gnome Countryside, it goes through a dead spot. And then once I get on the, the unpaved road to drive up, then the service comes back. So I was like to think, like, I, must have, I must be driving through some sort of uh, uh, barrier. You know? or, I'm, I'm, or I'm through a membrane as I go into another realm. That mm. sense at all, but, like, yeah, you know,
0: like so. a bubble around Gnome Countryside. Exactly. Now I'm back in. So I just pulled in. So
1: okay. So when I hear those three words, at least what comes to my mind, I don't know what this would mean, but points certainly refers to um, like single or one. Like if you think about like you know you begin with a with uh, the first dimension is a point, and then you draw a line, and now you've got like the second dimension, and then you know, the how, how dimensions are, are often explained. The third dimension, now we've got like depth to it. Um, so point has, or like the point of a compass, if you will. Uh, you know, it has like a single, uh, an implication of singularity or of oneness. And then angle refers to two different, like the coming together of two different line segments. Like they make an angle, right? And then you say three. Triangle. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what that is, but like, so there's like a, not, there, there's a, there's a sequence. There's a sequence in that. Well, so how that ties into odd, I don't know, but it's, uh, I find that is an unusual collection of, of, of definitions.
0: Well, and, and I did leave out that in English, as it's used in English, uh, now, of course, people re- Use it to mean strange or peculiar, but its oldest use in common English is to indicate a surplus over any given sum. So, in that case, you know, you have so many people who are maybe not allowed in one organization, uh, they're the odd ones out, and they become the odd fellows. I don't
1: know. Uh- I think that's kind of an interesting sort of take on it. Um, yeah, like <laughs> I don't know if that's the case, but I certainly think that's a, a good uh, a, another way of looking at it. And, and like, let's circle that back to what where we began with, like thinking about like the idea of Freemasonry. Um, I don't think it can be as simplistic as um, uh, as simple as like good or bad. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of nuance to it and so you need to bring a nuanced perspective in terms of like trying to wrap your understanding around it so mm-hmm. i kind of that uh, that that at least adds to or or is 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 another way uh, uh adds to that sort of nuanced flavor of like what exactly are these organizations mm-hmm. um and then i'll say this as well like i talk about i've spoken about this book many times to you um which is um, which is a story that will pierce you, mm-hmm. and by any chance, have you begun to like look through that or read it? No, it's
0: on the shelf right now.
1: So that book talks a lot about the rising and fall of civilizations. And it takes like a historical perspective, but it hints at like, you know, an unexplainable mystical sort of connection. Um, At no point does that book refer to Freemasonry. That's not part of the book, but it talks about a lot of other organizations or other movements that we'd be familiar with, specifically like the Pythagorean cult, uh, um, Tibetan Uh, the Tibetan Buddhism, Mongolian shamanism and all of that sort of stuff. But if you could take that sort of perspective, which is offered by that author and then apply that to looking at Freemasonry as an organization or structure that rises and falls or or creates and collapses civilizations for uh, like a greater, more mysterious sort of thing. um, That to me, like, has a little bit of meat on the boat
0: okay i think i think we ought to do a challenge for me and say next by next time we record an episode i will have read that book and we'll talk about talk about it because you have been uh you have been telling me to read it for a while and I don't like, I don't like to disappoint you. I know you, you might, uh, not be expecting, but I feel like your expectations are high. So I'm going to read this book, uh, by the time we speak on the show. It's next. a short book. It's a short book. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I think I can make through, make my way through it.
1: Um, I would love to hear some of your thoughts. I'd love to discuss that, uh, 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 I w- I would love to discuss that with you.
0: Cool. Well, we're sort of uh, we're getting towards the uh, the end here. I want to give you some time before we jump over to that other show. But um, you know, we got a swap cast with our friend Sarah. Remind me the name of her podcast. Do you do you know it off the top of your head? Mm, no. Well, I will edit it in so it sounds like we know. And uh and yeah, I I remember I I just want to bring one thing up cuz I don't think we talked about this on the show yet, but I have mentioned it on the phone. Um so you said something earlier about, you know, what's relevant to me and being here cuz all we are is here, right? We're never there or anywhere else as soon as we get to where we're going, we're we're still here. We're always here, right? Well, Paul Devereaux, an author who we've read and uh, is definitely a part of Tara and I's research into ancient America. I don't know how familiar you may be with him or not, but uh, definitely a worthwhile read. He's got a book called Ancient American Mysteries, but we were watching a presentation that he was giving on a YouTube channel called Megalitho UK. and Okay. And he mentioned exactly what you said, obviously differently phrased, but, you know, about being here and being in the moment. And uh, during that same presentation, he starts talking about the stone uh, shelters, you know, the, um, what's the proper term for them? Stone chambers. Big parents? That are, no, the chambers that are in New England. We've talked about this before. Yes. So very interesting, interesting presentation. It was just sort of one little point that he made, and then he moved on and talked about other stuff. But I picked it up and looked into it because he mentioned this book, Seed of Knowledge, Stone of Plenty. And basic concept is that these stone chambers are sort of like electro devices, whatever that means I wouldn't be able to explain the exact technicals of it, but the idea is, uh, you know, you have a sort of high pressure and low pressure and creates uh, electric state in the air that charges whatever you put inside of it with a positive current, whether that's a human being. Uh, In this case, they said that it was used for farming. You would put your seeds in there, and then when it was time to plant them, and then they grew, they would be, you know, twice... As abundant as they could have been. They would grow twice the size and all these amazing benefits. So here's a a possible sort of theory for what these stone chambers were used for, not just, you know, on a utilitarian level, but on a a consciousness level. It explains why meditating inside of them might be so uh, transformative, right? You have these sort of meditation chambers and there are hundreds of them, not just the one or two that are in books and whatnot there's hundreds of them all over connecticut new england and new york state and uh yeah it's what's so fascinating is last time i saw my grandfather he had just uh returned from awake his sister passed away rest in peace to my great aunt and apparently she had lived on a property in scotland connecticut where there is a stone chamber and yeah. So this stone chamber is in my family and here we are, you know, for the past year tracking down all these stone mysteries. Little do I know uh, my grandpa used to take my dad and my, his cousin, my, my uh, what is it? Second cousin uh, hunting on that property. And they had little like, you know, stories of, Oh, we went in that spooky chamber. There's a ghost and you know, it's sort of like, this part of a uh, family lore that I never heard of uh, until now. Wow. <laughs> you know, like this, this like stone chamber. And the funniest part was I asked my, I call him Papa. I asked my grandpa what, uh, you know, if he knew what tribes were in the area. Cause I told him what I had learned about it and how the native Americans built these. And he said, no, I don't know, but I'll call, I'll call my nephew Wayne and ask him. And I guess he called him after I had left, and he calls me and he says, uh, "Hey, Mark, I found out who built the, the uh, stone chamber. Some group of people called the Druids. I don't know who they are. Do you have? Have you ever heard of the Druids?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Papa. It's in Scotland, Connecticut, and the Druids are from Scotland and England and that whole area. You know, sort of." hilarious to me he didn't really get it but yeah <laughs> definitely definitely a part of this uh this overall mystery you know the synchronicities just sort of keep pulling us closer and closer another thing that Tara and I have explored over the past few weeks uh, I don't know if I've even mentioned this to you are the several shell mounds that are on the beaches we didn't even realize there's one like 30 minutes away it's not even that far away uh, and we found one that is now a very uh I remember, high high valued property on the beach, sort of wherever this shell mound used to be it's now like a in ground pool but uh yeah apparently there's a whole culture of mound building along this coast where I live, and they they used shells to to build them and then when the uh farmers came and started. Doing different old world colonial practices, they would use the shells as fertilizers. So a lot of them uh, were depleted. But yeah, it's it's interesting to to find all this stuff here. I mean, Jim Vieira, another guy we watched, he made the point like there's all these amazing megaliths right here in the United States. You don't have to go to Egypt or uh, Europe or you know somewhere else uh, to to see this stuff. It's right here. Yes. Yes.
1: And, and I think that's like half the stuff in like what we're talking about. And then like with esoteric America and like, uh, some of my work is this shift in beginning to see, uh, where we are and when I say we, I just mean like folks who live in in North America or United States is like, we're so conditioned to just think like all of the spots are elsewhere, but to begin to look inside in, in our own backyard literally. And then that's just changing everything in terms of like how we're seeing
2: things.
0: It's so weird. And then, you know, the more you put your attention on it, the more you find like that there's connections to this stuff. In your own family, you know, like my, my papa, like knew about this stuff. He didn't, I mean, for most of my life, he's teaching me things for the first time I could actually teach him something and he isn't a hundred percent skeptical about it. So that was cool. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a little flabbergasting for them. You know, they're kind of like, it's, it goes over their head, but they, they, they gave me, uh, their ears and, and heard me out and thought it was interesting, but you know, they're too old now to fully appreciate that kind of thing. I think, uh, but exactly. Like, uh, but what I do
1: think is interesting is the parallel of, I made reference to me doing research on my father's, uh, father, my father's father's family line, the one name. And though I never, my grandfather died before I was born. Um, there is, there's a, uh, you know, there's still a continuity, like me being a uh, part of that line, that DNA line at the very least. Mm-hmm. And, thinking about where I am now as an individual and that connection to the past and and what their roles were. And then you're kind of saying the same thing, like in a more concrete, like a more concrete way in the fact that, you know, your grandfather and, and there's an actual relationship, maybe a little bit less in terms of an actual secret society member, but like looking at us as individuals is like that cutting edge of what has been in that DNA line for, you know, some time. And maybe that's coming to the surface in these, like, interesting ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, not that this is a secret society, but another thing he and I talked about was the, uh, I guess there's some Scottish lineage in his uh, family line. I forget which... Name, he said the mix something, I forget which one, but we have uh, we have like a a family plaid design, right? Everybody who's from this certain area that have like a, I think they're called tartars or tartans or something like that, and you know, you have all these unique patterns, and uh, it's kind of like a secret group, you know, like you wouldn't if you if you're a foreigner and you see all these people in different plaid. Outfits you didn't, you might not notice, like, oh, well, the, this whole family's wearing the same one, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, when you describe that, uh, I go back to that movie, Gangs of New York <laughs> with the plan. Well, 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 it, it showed, I, when did that, that was, t- that took place in the 1860s, if I recall, is that movie, which is, um, uh, a story based upon somewhat uh, historical facts in New York city. Um, And it showed all of these various uh, like presented as street gangs, if you will, in New York at that time, but the way they dressed. And like each one had a certain attire with like hats and like uh, colors in their, Mm -hmm. in their clothes. And and that that kind of fits in like that the picture which you just painted in with in the minds of of mine and, and the listeners of of like what it would have been like back then and seeing all of these different people in different groups and like secret societies. I think that movie probably reveals a whole bunch of stuff if you want to go and pay a lot of attention, like and maybe read between the lines. Mm,
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would. it's relevant in a way, to how we started this conversation because it deals with a sort of feud between the Protestants and the Catholics, and that's kind of what uh, preempted a lot of the Freemasonic, what developed into Freemasonry was, you know, what went on in the church and uh, the, all the various divides in European history between certain religions. You know, you have all these splitting off from christianity and then you have what's going on in the eastern world coming in and taking resources away and all this i mean i recently started looking into the crusades and that's a whole that's a whole saga that's very very interesting but (laughs) not enough time to discuss it here but uh gangs in new york this is uh, another thing another one that you've recommended I, I think I've seen it on television, just parts of it. I never watched it, sat down and watched it. But uh, this would be another potential topic for the show. After uh, I'm always down with that. I'm always down with that, Mark. Right on. Well, any uh, final thoughts? What people can expect? Um, well, like you said, you
1: I don't know. even know. Yeah, I know. But I, I think, know. It, I, uh, think uh, uh, gonna yeah. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good, and I'd be curious. So this is what I think is interesting. So if uh, for feedback to you from a list, to any of the listeners, if there are, because I don't remember exactly the details of the conversation. Like I'm wondering if anything that you and I just talked about in that just spontaneous free Masonic uh, odd fellow sort of trip down, you know, that rabbit hole. Like, I wonder if that, lines up with anything that was discussed then with me and Sarah, like that came up, like, you know, because I'm not doing that. I I, I don't know what that would be. And I always find it. It's so fascinating to find the connections that are obvious that are on the surface. Shouldn't, uh, weren't planned or shouldn't happen. So that could be, that could be an assignment or a fun little game for anyone who's listening for, uh, listening for the second half of this episode.
0: Mm, yeah, no, I, based on what you told me on the phone the other day, I think I remember now and, uh, yeah, it should, it definitely should. And we're planning on doing a future episode with Tara, Sarah, yourself, and I, so folks can look forward to that. Hopefully they send us some, some feedback, some positive feedback. And, uh, Yeah, I'm sure they will. According to you, this is the best, most composite retelling of your uh, sort of saga. I don't know if you meant the whole saga from inception of Susquehanna Alchemy till now or just like the past year. But um... from
1: from the inception of Susquehanna Alchemy to right now. And because, you know, to me, there's like uh, this. It'll be interesting. So I'll just say this. That it point, I'm, I'm always interested in going back to fundamentals and foundations of this experience we're all sharing here in bodies uh, with, with ground beneath our feet and, and heavens above our head is it's pointing to some degree of, of structure that, ha- that happens behind the scenes. And that is where I'm always interested in going is understanding reality from that level.
0: Right on. So, ladies and gentlemen, be prepared for the sacral steam. I believe that's the name of Sarah's podcast. If not, that's no, I don't the name. think that's the podcast. That's, that's the name that's of her a, website. Okay, that's the way.
1: Yeah, like that's you know she's a yoni specialist. Like that's what <laughs> I think the podcast is something
0: to do with synchronicity. Sinksters. Right on. All right. Well, either way, I'm going to edit it in so it sounds like we know exactly what we're talking about, and I'm sure Sarah. Fantastic sarah will appreciate it all right mike thank you so much listeners thank you so much i'll talk to you in a short moment mike i'll send you a a link when we're about to get started in an hour here all right i'll be on i'll see them
2: the whole world is connected we are not separate entities we all coexist we are never alone the disconnect is an illusion we all are connected this is the essence of the philosophies of quantum theory, consciousness and even religion. This is the way we must perceive the world, at every moment, if we wish to make any progress. It's simple really. If you are happy, and your inner state matches the outer state of your environment, you are on the right path. And the more we realize it, the more easy it gets. The more we accept this fact, the easier it is to work out the paradoxes and deal with our existence. We must go inward and find what is missing in our own mind, so that we can put the pieces together. The more we can accept this, the easier it becomes to transcend the limitations of this reality, and the more free we are to explore the true nature of reality. is the way we must perceive the world, at every moment, if we wish to make any progress. It's simple really. If you are happy, and your inner state matches the outer state of your environment, you are on the right path. And the more we realize it, the more easy it gets. The more we accept this fact, the easier it is to work out the paradoxes and deal with our existence. We must go inward and find what is missing in our own mind, so that we can put the pieces together. The more we can accept this, the easier it becomes to transcend the limitations of this reality, and the more free we are to explore the true nature of reality.
3: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sinksters. I think this is Syncsters episode three. Um, this is a conversation between Michael Juan and I. I had another idea about this episode, but... Michael took the reins because some serious Masonic uh, themes were happening throughout the day so I hope you enjoy this if you want to find out more about Michael he's at susquehannaalchemy.com susquehannaalchemy on Instagram on YouTube under the same name susquehannaalchemy everywhere and yeah so I hope you enjoy Michael's the Michael's the best friend that I've never met so you know that's fun I have to, I have to, I have to first debrief because so much, well, not so much, there's like two things, but just based on like what we talked about this morning, uh, gangster Mennonites and what was the other thing? What was style? Oh, and then baseball because I had sent, um, I had sent your episode to Taylor and And Taylor wanted to get like an intro to you. And I was like, oh, well, you should just listen to Michael on his first, like my first introduction to you as well. So the context is that her family has a very big like theosophical society, uh, like passing down through the generations thing. So she starts hearing this baseball stuff that that's why I was like, Taylor's screaming at me about your episode, blah, blah, blah. Because now she's like, no, I'm rethinking everything. And,
1: you know, that's happening to her. So did you see the? Did you see what I posted on Instagram yesterday? No. Can you go look? Does it tie
3: in? It ties in. Why, why? else would I be telling you? Well, I was thinking too. Like, you know what? We're the original sinksters here because I can't like anything you can sink. I'm gonna sink anything you can sink. I can sink faster. All right, hold on. Like, okay, yeah. So this is what I mean. So did
1: you scroll to the second image?
3: Well, I just That's read I made like. a new ball today.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, so you made a baseball.
1: I made a baseball. Like look cool. at the second image. Like look at that stitch. Cool. Yeah,
3: no, no. I'll send it to Taylor right now. She's just I've
1: never. I've made hand. many balls before. I've never done that stitching. Like that came out of nowhere today to make that. And then the coloring of it, like it, it uh it it really looks and feels like a baseball. I didn't do that on purpose. And none of the other balls ever looked like a baseball before. I did a different stitch and different leather.
3: Well, guess we're right on track.
1: I think we're right on track.
3: We're right on track. So it was baseball. We were talking about how you got new suspenders. You're going full blown night. And, and we we're talking about making it gangster. So we have our friends visit today and we decide to take the kids to the park. And right next to the park is the liquor store because that makes sense for the parents. And in the parking Man. lot, right? Yeah, no, it does. In the parking lot is horse and buggy dude waiting like young guy young Mennonite and I dude waiting for his buddy his buddy gets out and he's got like they looked old order to me because they're all like it's all black but they have sunglasses on the guy had like a cowboy hat a little bit it was really like it was real nice and I was like wow that's kind of gangster So I'm like, oh my God, as if Michael and I were talking about, but like, they were like, it was too much. It wasn't just your little, you know, stylish, what you have going on. This was like, wow, I didn't even know Mennonites drink. So then I, I so I hold on one more. I pull it up on my phone. Um, First thing that comes up on my phone is this article from the Gents of Lancaster, so I'm just kind of like, okay, here we go. So now it's full circle. I'm about to talk to Michael in an hour, and there we go. So that's what I had to tell you.
1: Um that's a lot.
3: Yeah. All right.
1: So <laughs> th- this is this is happening, this is happening like uh uh everywhere, right? Mm. But it's certainly happening everywhere in my life and everyone who I talk to and so like this is really what the realm is looking like
3: well it's funny that you just say realm because i realized that i've been i've been using that well, this is going to sound nuts
1: this is going to can can i sound nuts
3: i expect you to <laughs> like in a good way i want you to
1: right 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 um i don't know what it was but i know how it happened and that being that mason that event in the masons all right have i ever walked you through this story
3: no but go on it's just also just more synchronicity because after last night's recording with taylor and i mean i'll leave this in for her to hear because it's just so perfect she starts listening and she says has michael ever had any like repercussions from putting all of this incredible information out. And I said, oh yes, that happened uh, actually just this year. And she's like, right. You'll have to tell me that story tomorrow. But those were her like good night words to me. So I'm like, wow, what do you know? Um, anyways, continue. No, I don't so, know. I know the gist, I guess.
1: So I, I kind of like well-documented, like
2: <laughs>
1: if you look, go back and look, it's got um, like I well-documented uh the whole sort of masonic thing like from the very beginning like if you're really like if it's easy for me to do it because it's you know it's my life but there is a trajectory throughout that entire kind of like telling of the story of these strange like uh um touches by freemasonry like do you you remember when i i got that poem in the mail
3: um is that did it have like a coin or something
1: there was a coin and there was this poem and it was in like a a freemasonic a freemasonic um folder okay and it was kind of like i i'm pretty certain i know who sent it but i don't know who that person was meaning i did a session with them once before but i know whatever i know from the session um and it came from this person and it was like exceptionally well done for what it was Um, and then it kind of triggered some things. That was December, 2020, I believe. Okay. It was the day I did my first, um, call with Howdy. Like the whole thing, like there was like all these sort of synchronicities and that opened up a whole bunch of doors for me. Like that was wild. And then a bunch of months later, um, it was literally the day after I recorded an, an episode on higher side chats, um, I got another package from that person and this thing was and i was literally on the night before on the higher side chats talking about the previous the previous um letter like that was part of my story and i'm like hey you won't even believe what happened last time since we spoke and then i went i told that story and the next day i got another package from them and here's where it's even crazier so that package It was um, like, it had a false, like all the packages are, are themed and it's like exceptionally well done. And so the theme of this one package was the movie, The Prestige. Okay. And I've talked about the prestige a bunch. So it's not like, like, it's, it's not like, like, how did they know that I, I liked the prestige? I'm like, well, I talked about it. And obviously this guy's paying attention, but where it got weird is not only did it come the next day that night. So I recorded with THC and then uh, my boys were staying with me. I was like, all right, let's go watch a movie. Like my brain is like fried. And they went and they picked like whatever was available on like the, the Amazon show, the Amazon network. And they picked the prestige. And so the next morning in the mail came this package where it is uh, the return address is a character from the Prestige. And my boys are like, what is going on? Okay.
3: And I just like they didn't know that you already liked that movie.
1: Oh, they already knew it. if they're paying attention, like, but the, the timing of it.
3: No, sorry. I mean, your kids. Uh, no, yeah, they
1: probably did. They've known I like that movie for like a long time. It wasn't like I told them about it that day. Right. But that was when like of all of the times we ever watched movies, they're like, let's watch The Prestige. And it was 100% driven by them.
3: and sorry, that's three things in the mail?
1: No, two things in the mail. What came in that was a um second, the second one came. um They all came with gifts. And this one was a gilded bird cage it was probably 10 inches high like maybe this wide like maybe like four inches wide it was made of like a um like a plated metal like it was solid it was a nice piece it was like a strange piece i was sent they sent a bird cage now that was the symbol within the prestige but it's you know it's a little bit strange
3: I've never, I've never seen the movie before, so I'm going to have to watch it now. Like, I don't know oh, anything about it. It is
1: one of the best. It is one of the best. Okay.
3: All
1: right. So. Hold on. They sent December- you a
3: birdcage, like, wait, life size? I'm sorry? You said they sent you a birdcage? Yeah, a bird cage. No. Like, yes. Like, life size?
1: No, like, that, it's like, it was like a real, it was like a miniature version, like maybe 10 inches high maybe eight inches wide, and it's really well made of a sturdy metal. Like, okay. it's like a nice thing.
3: So I think I'm missing, like, you're getting these communications, but what's like the nature of the, like each time there's a letter with it? Yeah. And like, like, whatever, like what do you mean? Like, hello, Michael Wan, we're sending you now yet another. Hey, it's love what you're thing. doing, Mike. And here's the bird page.
1: So the first one was it was like an official like an official um Freemasonic document and you open it up like imagine if you got like a certificate you were just like initiated into like I'm now a master mason and here's your like the, the suitable for framing certificate this would be the envelope or the the folder which that would be handed in and it's embossed on the fr- like freemasonry like this is like like insider kind of stuff like you could if you wanted to you could go buy them online but it's like like it's official whatever official is like i don't know if it's official like actually coming from them i don't know if it's someone who's like trying to spoof me so in there is a poem and the poem is called the susquehanna gypsy and it is five different stanzas and it is perfect like the 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 rhyme and the rhythm like, and then what was being said in it, like this was like really well done. Like everything that came from them was well done. And then I had spoken in one of the shows that I put out about um about a, a, a silver dollar, about how like I was reading about a silver dollar and then that's two books which talked about a silver dollar at the same time and the silver dollar like came to me, like so, something like that. Um, and so they play upon, a, no. That was the silver dollar that arrived. I was reading a book. I was reading a friggin' book, and it was about a silver dollar. And then it came like the next that same day. Okay. I read that. Page. I, okay,
3: that's why I said, I think that didn't I just say that they send you a coin? Yeah, I think that's because that's when I fell off of watching you and Emily because I because I was experiencing like too much synchronicity with you, and I was like, wow, I don't feel like I have free will anymore. Or maybe you don't have free will anymore, or who knows what's going on? And that's probably the last time I watched one of your two. Like that's when it began, and it kept getting
1: stranger and stranger. And so I didn't receive anything else from that guy. But then right before my birthday, I received an invitation, uh, to present. It was like, hi, I'm a, um, I'm a Freemason of this lodge, and I head a like sub Freemason group from all the different Freemasonic. Uh, area temples of people who are really into esoteric studies and uh, would like for you to present at our quarterly meeting. We're fans of your work. And then here's the address and this is the date. Seems safe. What?
3: (laughs) Seems safe enough.
1: Seems safe enough. So anyway, so that whole story is so like, I mean, that's a whole two, like I could take two hours telling that because it's such a rich story, but like it's well-documented. But the point I'm trying to make is, um, I went through a roller coaster to that night. And then like the, my grand finale of that night was, when I presented, like I I kinda, I turned it around upon them. Like I, I flipped the story. And I said, you all are witnesses of my initiation. And it's my initiation with life. And
3: I bowed. I think you're missing the point the not the point i think you're missing the part where you you have to say what your body was telling you before you did that presentation because i remember you telling me that you were having a little resistance
1: oh without a doubt without a doubt so i i meet life very different than that i meet life with what comes to me and i go by like my my instincts so what you're saying is is it's foreign to my approach. Like I understand that approach, but my approach is always spontaneous for like better, for worse. That's just how I go. That's just how I do it. And, and so know, like- I go. Does
3: red flags though, is what I'm asking. I'm sorry? You weren't reading your bodily reactions? Like, I, I didn't
1: mean to. I could read all the red flags in the world. Like I was experiencing them. I yeah. was like, uh, I was like, uh, I decoded that whole letter. Like that right. whole letter was like, the deepest, most encoded thing. And it was so like in your face encoded, like to the dates and the locations, like every single thing was like, we're going to ritually sacrifice you. Like all the stuff I've ever gone on a show about, like, <laughs> like this is, this is right. Like it was down to this, you know, how, like 57 was like my number. Yeah. The day they sent it, which included the day of the, of the presentation, was 57 days later. Like, everything was like that. And as soon as you began looking at this letter from that lens, it was like, this is exactly where the, this is the anniversary of Kobe, Kobe Bryant's death, where the whole thing like kicked off with COVID. So anyway, I'm forced with this, I'm forced with, and this is happening right on my 50th birthday, and there's an eclipse on my birthday. And there was a friggin' surprise party thrown for me. I've never had a surprise. Like, it was just like, pfft. so, so like I get that invitation. I'm like, yeah, yeah of course I'm going to take it. I'm not going to say no. Like, I understand like the, like all of the red flags, but I'm like, this is the world I created. I'm not going to run from it.
3: Well, yeah. but you did bow for it too.
1: <laughs> well, there, there was a long story from this to that. Okay. okay. Because I had to go through like holy shit. Do I really want to do this? And, and I looked at it. There was part of me, you know, how like sometimes you lie in bed and you fantasize, not that type of fantasy
2: I And so fantasy,
1: that- which I have when I lie in bed sometimes is this. <laughs> what if I were to disappear? Right. Like what, like what would it be like? to start like fresh somewhere tomorrow where no one has any sort of preconceived notion of you. Yeah. All right, so that would be Mike's fantasy. So this thing comes in my lap and like I tell this friend of mine, this friend of mine who's like, his tendency tends to be more on the paranoid scale. Like I'm looking at the red flags and I'm like, there's red flags, but like I go and I tell this to my friend, I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, you got to get out of Dodge. He's like, they're coming and they're gonna friggin' kill you. You are so friggin' dead. He's like, hold on. And so this guy, I had no idea he had these these connections, no idea. And he calls me up. He's like, listen. I've got someone you're going to get like three hours heads up notice. When you get the call, you're going to meet at a truck stop, which is given to you. And at this point, like you're going to go with him. I'm like, where am I going? He's like, don't you somewhere up in the northeast and you're going to get like a whole new identity. He's like a new social security, like all this stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, I fantasized about this. And then I was like, you could
3: have still made that happen if you really wanted to.
1: Well, that was the point. I didn't want to make that happen.
3: You're so weird. So I was like, it was
1: like a fantasy. And then it was like, it presented itself. And I'm like,
3: it just sounds like you're like a little escapism. Why well, that keeps coming. That, up. that
1: was total. Like, I never was serious about it. That would be like something you would lie in bed and you fantasize about like, oh, God, wouldn't it be nice if I could just disappear and not deal with all this stuff that's in front of me? So that presented itself. And then I was like, I don't really want that. So anyway, I was like, well, I got to go through with this. And I'm like, if I'm going to, if there, I don't really believe that's going to happen, but I recognize I was forced with, I was forced with this sort of decision is you've told all these different stories about this is that, and now it's on you. And so if you believe that to tr- be true, then you can't go there. But if you don't believe that's true, then you're going to walk through those doors. And at yeah. the end of the day, I was like, wow, that's a weird way of you. exactly. That's how I was sitting with it. So I'm sitting with it like that. And then I'm like, and I'm reading my boys this book, and this line came from the book, and it's it's from the wheel of time, and it's Land says to Rand, like Land is this guy who's like came out of nowhere in Rand's life, and he's like this, he's teaching him how to be a man, and like Rand is like thrown in this situation with all these eyes to die, which is which is the witches. And and he's like, all right, Rand, you're, you're being called in front of the head of them all. And Rand's like, why the hell am I being called in front of the head of them all? And he's like, I'm gonna tell you something. He's giving them all this advice. He's like, this is the one thing. As a man, you face whatever comes your way on your feet. And that was exactly where I'm like, I read that at the same time, like any of this like internal sort of like, what am I gonna do with it? And I was like, of course, I'm gonna go and do this. And then I said, how am I gonna do this? Once I committed, like, I'm going to do this. I don't have any other choice. I could have run away. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not going to, it's just not my way. So I went there and I basically gave them the presentation. It, it, the whole thing was fine. Like it was like in a restaurant, like, like no one looked sinister or creepy. It wasn't like that Beyonce chair dance, sort of like Freemason, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. Like, that's what, what I had in my head. <laughs> but you know, I'm talking about that, that one video of the Freemasonic Lodge.
3: No,
1: I don't, but... Holy crackers. Well, anyway, search that later. You're going to love it. It's uh, Beyonce Chair Dance, Freemasonic Lodge.
3: Perfect.
1: All right. I so will... so I go there. It's like, no big deal. Like a bunch of guys, really likable, kind of like weird, but like, I'm kind of weird. So it's like, I got you. You got me. And like, I did my thing. They're all like a little bit drunk. And then I, I flipped the script. And I basically went, I was like, Did you call me? I literally said to this to the group and I'm on stage and these guys are loving it. Like they wanted to be entertained. Like I'm here to entertain you. And I go and I gave them their show. And then I say to them, I'm like, did you guys call me here to cause me bodily harm? I do a total straight face. Like the whole time I'm like, I'm I'm good on stage. Like I'm energetic. And then suddenly like, I'm like, did you do that? And then they all just start laughing. And they're like, we wouldn't tell you or whatever. And then I was like, well, did you choose this for a certain, like, like I, and they're like, no. And I'm like, I didn't think so. And then I went down the letter, which I got from them. And I broke that letter down in the same way that I just broke down the John Smith map. And I was like, you told me you guys had no idea that this was going on and this happened. And so the way I see it is this, you in our, in our society are the greatest or a great symbol of initiation. Like we know your, your organization is the symbol of initiation. So you all are here to witness my initiation with whomever it is, is writing this script. And I took a bow. And then my life turned fucking upside down the next day. I, I was going to
3: say like, I, this isn't, this is just audio, but like my face to anybody listening to this, I'm just like dying this whole time. You're dying? Yes, because, because I would never do any of this. So you just being like, you're just laughing about it. And I'm just like, oh, wow, absolutely not.
1: Oh my God. So, So I went through the gauntlet. Probably still in the gauntlet a bit. Um, (laughs) Like, without a doubt, it's been the greatest seven months of my life.
3: Well, you're approaching a year to all of it.
1: So, so what, so the whole point of me, like bringing that up and like, um, recognizing this, like um, the Mennonite gangster, like the Mennonite get like uh, that. I came from Baltimore to, to the Amish countryside. I'm literally and I'm living out the movie in a way called Gangster's Paradise, right? Like I'm a I'm a weird Al Yankovic uh, character, like the Amish Paradise, like which is a which is absolutely like, if you, as a if great you look at that as a as a blueprint, like for whatever reason, like that's not my plan, but that's what's happening. And the craziest thing is like right in the middle, like when I was still in Baltimore, there's a picture which I posted on on Instagram. With me, with this guy named Paradise Gray, and Paradise Gray was like considered the, uh, like the 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 scribe, or maybe one of the historians as it relates to the golden age of hip hop. Like he was in the center of it all, and so oh, like
3: yeah, yeah, you showed me that picture. I remember. So I now know.
1: I got a paradise in this, like this, like Amish paradise. Like like it's all of these things are presenting themselves. I'm like, I see that, and I'm like, all right. I guess I got to get suspenders, like it's it's the next I, natural it, step. Because I'm following the same script that brought me here. Like right. I don't like.
3: Like, by, do you mean by, specifically to known countryside now, or do you mean like to Lancaster before? Like, and you're doing like a redo.
1: What I can say for certain is how I'm selecting my next right step, and okay. it's really what's the next right step um and so looking at it like their are redo qualities undoubtedly like i went away from lancaster i'm still not really in lancaster like where like what as a as a name place lancaster can be confusing because it has multiple implications it could talk about an overall county which is very big it could refer to like the city or it could refer to like a uh, like a certain part of the county so Um, i'm in lancaster county but but i'm not really part of lancaster so i'm still like i'm on the outskirts um but the point what what i'm beginning to see by by really subscribing to meeting life in this very very spontaneous way um which you know i'm not recommending that to anyone else i'm just saying like i'm describing what 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 the process is and what I'm seeing. This is going to circle back to something, um, uh, seemingly started from that whole Freemasonic thing, whatever that may be. And I'm not, and just, you know, on the record, I'm no Freemason. I've never made no oaths or nothing like that. But I have been. In, I did make. I did make fraternity oaths. So if I'm being completely transparent. So all fraternities, particularly the one was uh, the early ones in the United States, do have Freemasonic rights and are, are, are roots. Um, but I haven't done anything like uh, willingly uh, into that organization. I'm just saying that to be like fully transparent because I'm saying some weird stuff. If I was listening to this from someone else, I would have red flags about the person who was talking, or at least I'd have questions. So I'm just sharing it how. I best you understand. took
3: the generic ones that every kid would take. Is what you're trying to say?
1: I don't know what you mean by that.
3: I don't know either because we don't really have fraternities here. Oh, well, I just I, mean like I the rights. Right the I'm just saying they're kind of state. like some kind of brotherly, brotherly love and solidarity or something. Uh like Greek letter fraternities.
1: You like they're 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 they're, they're like like pre masonic organizations in a way like they're filled with ritual and like skull and bones you know what skull and bones is
3: obviously i mean like you weren't buried in the ground and like had the same sexual history If
1: you were to go and look at that as an extreme right sure it was then you'd be like well what would that continuum look like if it was maybe 85 percent less creepy
3: okay cool yeah a little water like Mm. there's an
1: element to it Right, So that's why I gave like pause. If you were to go and look at, at my expression, when we started down this path, it's because um, I was like, I wasn't agree. Like, I know it's not like, I'm not saying it was skull and bones. I'm saying, but I did like raise my hand and say like the oath because I just said a moment earlier that I've taken no oaths and I didn't. And like, I felt strange about saying that sentence so flippantly without then saying, well, actually I did take an oath. And so like, that's all. Well,
3: That, that would be integrity
1: of... for me. Like
3: that, that gotcha. whole line of need. Well, we appreciate say. your integrity. Well, thank you. Well, um, I was gonna say- it's, done,
1: it's put me in a in a really strange, like weird, magical place where there is this strange correlation, like, really really strong between whatever is going on in my headspace in my life and whoever i'm talking to and whatever's going on like it's materializing faster and more um it's it's just it's just becoming it's becoming like evident that that the game has changed and by the game is like how life is played
3: Yeah, no, please. Okay, stop there for a second because I, well, first of all, I have lots to say, but I think that's really funny that I had this whole intention in my head about how I was going to kind of introduce you, like as a man and your work, and then you jump right into the mason stuff because, uh, you know, my 12 friends who listen to my podcast don't know who the heck you are. I'm assuming. And then anyone else would already find you, let's say just from a hashtag, but I love how you've already like dove right into the deep end, right off the bat. And it still mirrors my day because this is an episode of Sinksters. Um, just because I literally said today, oh, I'm 33. To, I'm 33. Um, and I made a joke to our friends that came because I said that I passed my initiation and um we walked down the main street here and our neighbor told us that the Masonic lodge owns all of uh, the main drag because they're like, Ooh, we could buy a restaurant. And they're like, well, you're going to have to talk to the lodge because they're selling it now. And then I started making all these Mason jokes. That was right before we saw the in night guys buying the booze. So I'm just like, it's really funny that I could try to drive this, you know, podcast episode somewhere, but it wasn't meant to be, but I want to say, like where you had just stopped. My whole thing that I wanted to talk about was when you were doing your Susquehanna, like when you were just finding out the first rights and stuff, because this whole thing is about consciousness and you're telling me that the game is changing now. So that means that you're feeling, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, I'm talking for you, but that means that you're feeling something a little bit different than your normal way of navigating how you interact or like receive your synchronicity or, or just how you are consciously going about your life, even though you're saying you meet life in a completely different way than I would. And I would say like, most people don't, because that would scare them away in so many ways. But do you remember, like, are you like, if this is a cycle kind of returning and you're seeing where you want to go with this and some things are familiar my original question to you was like when you were finding the rights of the susquehanna like do you remember your day-to-day like was your mind just being blown or were you paranoid or were you like freaking out and like how does that how does that compare to now
1: um uh i've never been paranoid Um, okay well
3: it doesn't have to be paranoid i'm just i just i've never i never had a
1: it was the most. It was the most obvious thing, like it was the most obvious thing in the world to go and and tell the story. Uh, discovering it, I mean, it's. I don't know. I don't remember what I was like back then. I mean, to be like, I can remember the, I can remember the experiences, but, but if I'm trying to think of like what I was feeling, like I'd. I guess maybe I went through a period, but if I did, I don't even recall that. Like, it just always seemed like this is the next
3: right step. What was the like? What was the timeline? Because I was like, while you were talking, I was thinking how oh, this is so funny. Like, you're telling me how you went to go speak to a bar full of Masons, but that's really very similar in a broad strokes way to mm-hmm. you going to teach a, a college class on time. And I didn't even ask you about how that went, by the way. So, uh, yeah, so, so it's just kind of funny because like at the end of the day, I was like, well, I wonder if these Masonic dudes, they were like, no, this is something you have to go to because um, you need to f- this guy figured it out. And you guys are mem-. like, you know what I mean? I imagine like you're teaching them.
1: Whatever. whatever. So th- I have freed myself you're making like, uh, interesting observations or thought provoking observations, but I've freed myself from a lot, like needing to, to have that narrative. Um, like what it means. I'm just like, I, and I'm, I'm more comfortable going through life with what it is. And what I mean by that is like, whatever is in front of my life, like realistically, like, Uh, so for example, like me lying in bed, fantasizing about like, wouldn't it be nice to escape? Like, that's not, that's not what it is. That's just like me, like, you know, doing something and like having this fantasy or what have you like now it's just like, I'm focused on whatever is in my life. Like the most obvious things. Um, uh, what am I going to do? Like, you know, what's next? How far can I see in the future? So, um, that's how I was back then as well.
3: But well, yes, but you're also uncovering a mystery and you were like kind of winning with each discovery. So I imagine there was a little bit more of like a energy behind it versus like not kind of, well, I don't mean not caring because of course you care. I just mean like there was probably more of like a momentum, let's say.
1: Well, what do you mean by momentum?
3: Like, well, what are you describing right now? Because you're kind of saying that you you're you're just kind of going with the flow, like you're in flow and you're not having like an expectation about what's coming.
1: So that was it. That's how I felt in the very early days too.
3: Oh, and okay. In the
1: early days, like I just knew this is what I had to do. And oh, I so do you it, have that I, now? Uh, now is different. So like then I didn't really have anything else. Like right. I, have a, I have a track record. I mean, this is how realistically- I've always lived my, my, my adult life, if you will. Um, like when I was in my late 20s, I had, I was positioned in the mainstream world to have like a really nice career. Like I was like, the position I was at at that age was, was like a really big head start. And then I decided to walk away from it and everyone's like, you know, what's wrong with you? And then I went and I worked for an architect for two years. And I learned how to design and like people started settling in around me, like people who knew me and like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. It makes sense. You're going to be an architect. You're going to be a designer. You can do this. And then I walked away from that. And then like, after that, I had this uh, this really good gig where I was writing market feasibility studies like for real estate developers out of my home. And I could, it was was like a really good gig and like, okay, okay, finally, 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 he's gonna do this. And then I was like, uh, now I'm gonna walk away from that as well. And then I just started making art. Like from that, I started to make art. Like there was no, and then, and then like people were like really confused by that. And when I say people, I meant people who are in my life, people who knew me on a personal level. And finally, like, you know, I was having a degree of success in that. And like, like, okay, finally, finally, this makes sense. He's finally going to settle. And then I walked away from that. I started making leather bags and then same thing over and over and over and over and over again until that life went away.
3: Well, I mean, you're constantly creating, right?
1: Creating and destroying, creating Mm -hmm. and destroying. Mm -hmm. And so then I took a leap from that world into when I was living in Marietta. And as soon as I hit Marietta, well, first thing I did was I made the starboard. I walked into the building in Marietta. I saw from the outside, I was like, I'd rather be dead than to have to live into this this building. And then when I saw my space, I was like, I'll take it immediately. The place was fantastic. And the first thing I did was I measured the first two rooms and they were in perfect golden ratio with one another. And I was like, all right, you know, and I'm I'm 500 feet from the Susquehanna River and they just put in a brand new bike trail, the most beautiful bike trail I've ever seen. It's along the river. It's like curved. There are places it goes through towns. It goes a little bit uphill, but not like intense uphill, like it's fan and they're amazing sights along the river. And I got to spend my time going there. And that's when I started researching the Susquehanna
2: River.
3: I don't know what like the scientific term for this is, but it's like, you know, when people who are on treadmills, like they, it's almost like the movement becomes like the mantra so they can kind of go into a different brain. What is it like yes. that alpha brain yes. wave? Yes, yes, yes. So like, that's probably why, cause you got all your info while you're like riding your bike along the river, Oh, right? Without a doubt. With yeah, it, yeah, without yeah. a
1: doubt was linked in experience was that bike riding Still like working through the, the, like, the process of letting go of an old life. Like, I got a really like, I had a cushy life. I had a nice life. Like in terms of friends, in terms of home life, in terms of like, in many ways, I was really, really well fed. But that was not, that was not my path.
3: To make and you so... look even crazier to just blow it up each time. And I, mean, you know, and, so and to I say. kept doing
1: it until that had to happen. And so I find myself—I found myself after like a a stint in Wilmington, Delaware. I found myself in Marietta, and everything was starting to stabilize after probably th- after about nine months of instability. Nine months of instability. Then it stabilized in Marietta, and then as soon as it stabilized in Marietta, it was like, okay, now I can really uh, finally like unpack all of the stuff that it takes like when you're, when you're moving off of an old way of being, you know, when part of you and your life dies, like, you know, that's a, that's a process. And so I'm still going through that process. I'm riding my bike and I moved there in early spring. So it's still cool. And it was the first season it was open. No one friggin' knew about it. And I'm just riding my, this one I'd ride with no hands and I would ride it hard. I was good. And like all of that energy, and I rode with no hands because I understood the brainwave state which it would put you in. Like I don't know exactly what brainwave state it would be, but I know whatever brainwave state you are, I'm gonna in, look it up after because now I want to know too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but like it's like well, think about this. Like like look at look at like what's happening. You are um you're balanced you do not have like you're balanced anytime you're on a bicycle but when you take away your hands you're balanced less upon like you know four points and now you're or five points now you're balanced on three points really but one main point like you know right at your root and in order to ride your bike well you have to kind of like uh with no hands you have to get heavy heavy in your seat like you got to have like really relaxed down into it and in order to do that physically you have to be away from the handlebars. Like, because when you're, when you ride right with no hands, you want to be able to grab the handlebars. And so you have to learn this trust. And this was a, this was a trail of all of these blind turns. So it's all about like, okay, am I going to make this blind turn without my hands near the handlebar? Because I don't know what's around the other side. And that, and I did that to train that brain state. And it was during that training is when the Susquehanna, like when all of the Susquehanna stuff started coming.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really, well, okay, so I have to start with my original question, just because I really want to know your answer, even though it has... It kind of ties into what we're talking about, but I really am also just curious about it. Okay. And my original, original question that I wanted to start off this evening with was, do you remember your first conscious moment at like as a child? I didn't give you any warning. So. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you more while you ponder it, but it's because to me, it was very senses based. This is what I was describing um, being in my body. Whereas I've talked to other people and it's very um, like personable, like their family members that they kind of realized, Oh, okay. We're playing like these roles this time, something like that. And I like really liking it in my own experience to after, you know, having my quote-unquote awakening and discovering synchronicity because to me it was very kind of like the same all over again so now the way I'm using synchronicity in my life to me is just like I can just further my consciousness and I'm um and I and I guess kind of like waking up deeper and deeper and deeper as that happens so it's kind of like wow you wake up you know, you're a child and you're kind of like, whoa, where the hell am I? And now these things keep happening. So I was kind of thinking, like, if you can remember your first conscious moments in your body or however, it, however it looked to you, well, then I would say that you had that again while you're riding your bike, you know, along the Susquehanna and you're getting your your downloads and this is happening. and And how does this keep happening? And it keeps getting like more and more layers deep. That's this is where it's a working thesis. This is where I'm going with it though.
1: Um first off, I wanna I wanna say about like memory is interesting. I think about memory a lot. Uh most of my childhood memories feel like I'm looking at snapshots. Right. Like it not necessarily like I'm I'm you're the third party. In the memory as Mm -hmm. much as I'm looking at the memory. So I don't know what that means. Um, there are a couple memories which I have that I can remember. I remember the feelings I had, but I don't remember what it felt like. Like I could remember like memories of being scared or shocked. Yeah. yeah um, sure. But this is this is a memory a little bit later. Um, I was probably in third grade and. I was in elementary school and I remember there was a kid who was in fifth grade and he was wearing a t-shirt and the t-shirt was for, um, I think it was a surfboard company or a, a skateboard company or maybe both, but it was called town and country and its logo was a yin yang. So this is probably 1981. Okay. And I remember the moment I saw that, that logo, it was just like a logo on like a a surfboard or a skateboard t-shirt. I remember I could, uh, I was unable to stop drawing it. Like I know it resonate. Like, I mean, it's a memory. I still have as, as, you know, 40 years later. Like I remember like that, that affected me. And I don't really, I don't remember anything more than that, but I know that it did. So, like in hindsight, if I'm thinking about about um, inventorying the the timeline to like what did what did this look like, I think mean, that's a really uh, healthy exercise to kind of understand someone's story. Um, that would be that would be like a top event.
3: So then you found yourself doing that a lot though because you had told me previously that you were really into um like what metatron's cube i think it was right so there's something with symbols in you and your consciousness then
1: right uh i mean all of us yes but specifically to you yeah well i started doing it at a young age like i started doing the metatron's cube um uh, probably I was in my forties maybe. And what I mean by that is I just, I would just draw it by hand over and over again because it has, you know, it's made up of all the different platonic solids. And so whatever that is, like it's there's an objective truth to that. It's like, there's something unique about the description of those of those objects um, relative to, you know the parameters of living 3D life, like, which is meaningful. So I would draw it just saying like, well, I wanna be able to understand it at that level. And I know that level is has nothing to do with consciousness or like thinking mind, rational mind. So I don't have to read a book. I just need to play with the symbols because it's written into how this, this realm works. Uh, going back to like kind of the thesis, which you're talking about. And like, maybe this will give a little bit more, more hindsight into the story, which I was telling you about the Freemasons. Um, and the conclusion which I reach of like a lifetime of doing these sort of things is like, you know, with synchronicity and and like looking at meaning and, and like seeing the world in a deeper world was uh, coming to the point of surrendering to the fact that there's something going on. Like there's someone, you know, whether you want to think about it as writing the script or like, you know, riding the wave, like of the Dow, like whatever, like this one, like primordial, like rhythm, uh, that really lives life. And that's not an abstract idea. It's not, it's like a real thing. Well, how's it a real thing? It's the thing that's in your life. It's like, it's not the life you're dreaming about on your bed. It's the life that you're living, whether that's like a real exciting life or that's like the life, like not doing anything, whatever the things are in your life, like that's when you have the dance with like, whatever that, whatever that rhythm is. And so to me, the only, once you realize that, um, the only logical conclusion of like how do you apply that is you just like you just do what whatever makes sense like right in front of you and the whole thing is about friggin' courage the whole thing is about like i gotta have more trust in in subscribing to this than fear that whatever this may bring me into so i went to the masons i went to west baltimore i went here i walked away from everything that was familiar i and like and I'm like, all right, this is going to be whatever it's going to be. Like I didn't want it to be bad. Yeah. But that was what the process is. And so to me, you know, I I I, I joked a little bit earlier about still feeling like I'm in the gauntlet. Um, and it's funny. I don't think I thought about this until this conversation we're having uh, that it was nine months from when this cycle happened before before i i felt like i had stability for a couple of years and i'm coming up on 9 months now in okay. this cycle so so okay so then my anticipatory my anticip my anticipatory outlook for the near term future is like there's going to be stability but i don't know what stability means like stability could be just like last time or it could be Um, a new sense of stability in being unstable. Like it doesn't matter. I just know stability is coming and I'm looking for it. And Mm -hmm. I think that I'm driving it, but I'm also think I'm just reading the script.
3: Do you also think that um, this came up yesterday and Taylor in my chat, like, do you feel that if you're following, like, you know, when you're saying like, who's driving the rhythm and you're reacting to it, and is somebody, someone else in the driver's seat, or are you truly in the driver's seat? And you're looking because to me, it's like you're either looking for something, and you're going to be like, okay, this is what I'm looking for, and this is how I'm going to continue right. my travels, or is someone, and and maybe it was you.
1: It's a dance. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like so, so like, what exactly is it? I'm more interested in how it works as opposed to what it is. Because I don't think the answer can be what it is. Like, however someone's going to define what it is, well, then you've just committed to a story. That doesn't mean the story isn't an accurate description. I'm just saying, like, I'm comfortable with just saying, this is how you do this dance of being alive, tied to a human body with ground beneath your feet and sky above your head. I don't know if it's an earth. I don't know what the sky is. I don't know what the planets are, but I know I can see them. They could be fake, but it's the realest thing I got. And until I get something else, I'm going to go and trust this, but I'm still going to be not, I'm still going to have my eyes wide open. And so I meet it that way.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And that I think is the nature of, and what I've learned through this experience, which I think was more instinctual in me. And it's becoming more of um, a skill, and what I mean by a skill, it is something that can be honed. And I, 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 it's my personal opinion that this is going to be part of the skill. This is the skill of the new realm.
3: Yeah. yeah. Because
1: the new realm, by definition, means that the old way of doing it cannot be done. Because if you continue to do it the old way, then you are in the old realm. And so if it is a new realm, that means you do not have a model for what it looks like. If you think you have a model, well, then you're in the old realm. I mean, that's just the definition of what all of that means. It's like, that doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's just recognizing what it is. And so the only thing which I, the realest thing which I can trust and, I, and not, tr- go and see if there's a, try to challenge and see if there's anything more real is life itself. What are the choices before me? And then that's when the understanding, the synchronicities and the patterns comes into actual like, like this is how I navigate it.
3: So each cycle then to me, you're just deepening your, well, you're kind of breaking even more chords to how it might have been in the old realm. And like, now you're really truly free.
1: Maybe. Uh, There's also this, it's like, this these are the sort of thoughts which i have in my mind um how uh this is the question how much was the old world or my old experiences to prepare me for what's to come aka like wisdom and how much is just going to be um doing something completely new and unlike anything done before and I don't have an answer to it, but like, that's kind of like how I, I, I look at things right now in my own personal life. Cool. Well, you're doing lots of stuff that has
3: never been done before.
1: <laughs> and some of the stuff is just like what you're saying. It's like,
3: there's a cycle back, but yeah. it's different. Well, to me, the cycle back, like this is just in my own experiences because I didn't learn something deep enough or I have to go take a second or third or fourth peek at it. That's why it's coming back. And that, To me, is like, oh, I didn't pass that initiation, even if it was super small.
1: Yeah, I would never think that way in a million years.
3: See, isn't that interesting? Wow. Okay, cool.
1: Um, if something shows itself to me again, it's something for me to go look at for again. I don't know if it's because I failed the test. I don't know if it's because like now I now like wouldn't it be fun to go like you know how like they're video games, and like the kids play them all the time, and they play the same one over and over again until they figure it out. Yeah. And then it gets fun. There's a point there's a point when you're playing that video game before you figure it out. To like when, but you're no longer like just figure you're no longer a beginner where it's like really kind of fun. You're like got new skills. Like that's what it seems like, particularly right now for anything that interacts with the culture. But I think it's Isn't going. That, but that's kind
3: of what I just said about my method. Now I'm thinking that I just took it from video game stuff because then it's like, well, I didn't pass the level, so I had to go back and play it all over again. Right? Maybe I'm not playing it all over again, but right. I went so down. It to, makes
1: perfect sense. Yeah. Like it is what it is. Like that's the nature. That's what. I, that's that's what the past. Five years has shown me firsthand that whatever I think it is seems to happen. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just what seems to happen. And it's like, now what are you going to do about that? Um, so, you know what? The, you know, one of the reasons I was never worried about like the Masons doing anything to me. Go on. Because I thought I was writing it. I literally, I was like, this is too perfect. Like, I don't know how this realm works, but it is too much circulated around the thoughts that are in my mind. I've got two choices. These were the two choices I had. I'm like, I've either come out of like some top secret MKUltra childhood programming where they planted this in my subconscious. And then they've got like this gang stalk of people who like come into my life to pull these experiences out. like. That was a real possibility. That's pretty plausible, though. It's pretty plausible. It's pretty (laughs) plausible. But I'll never know. I'll never know. So there's that. Or, which is equally as plausible and is equally as absurd, is like somehow whatever I'm thinking is happening, and I've been studying like conspiracies and mysteries, and I'm living here, and I'm all like emotional, riding a bike with no hands. And next thing you know, I'm in the coolest fucking conspiracy I'd ever even heard of like rat so that was the one time there was there was one time and one time only (laughs) that, um, that I was just like what the fuck and it was it was when I was looking at the John Smith map of Virginia and I was like uh I saw the reversed 40 and I already had been doing work and seeing how it was connected to Francis Bacon and all these Rosicrucians and like I had the 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 Manly P. Hall book you know the big thick one the the secret teachings of our ages, which I've never friggin' read. Why would I read that? And then all of a sudden I was like this is the greatest <laughs> book in the world. It literally told me how to decipher the map. It's like, these are the techniques which the Rosicrucians did. It was like, it was just like five pages. All I had to read was five pages. And I like read what they said. And then I was like, Oh, well, let me just apply that logic on this map. And I'm like, it's saying the Susquehanna River at the 40th parallel. I'm like, where am I? And I typed it into Google. I oh, no you didn't even know there. you were on the 40th. No, no, oh my God! Reagan, see these, are, see I, these are
3: the moments that I'm kind of like. This is the fun part of you discovering each little itty bitty bit, imagining your brain's going, "Holy shit, man! I am on the 40th floor." It 40 was just though. more
1: confirmation that this is what I am going to do.
3: Five pages in, and, and I just then learned. Ask, and then
1: particularly, and then, particularly in hindsight, like saying, "How did that come into like real realistically? Did 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 Mike the conspiracy guy?" all of a sudden like figure out the conspiracy in his backyard or did he make it happen just through the sheer will of power and if that's the case what is that of willpower of mind power what does that say about the nature of this reality like i'm not necessarily saying that happened but i certainly hold like i hold that as the story i like to see and i'm experiencing and the more i see that you know the more i like hold that and just like trust it like the easier it is to do these sort of things
3: yeah well and then it's kind but of it like maybe with, we're all there's
1: like, yeah. definitely friction i'll tell you what it does come with friction and the friction is all my own my own cause
3: see and i was like again i would be well it's so interesting then now that i'm thinking about how different we are and we can experience like very similar energies or symbols in a day slash a week slash a month because my method is completely unlike yours, but the energies are clearly available to both of us. So that's going to be in my head from now on till I work that one out. But
1: I mean, I think that's part of the fun is when you realize like, if you got so much of, of like, the we'll call it the genre of consciousness. Like it bumps up against all of these different sort of ideas, right? Like it bumps up against magic and psychology and neuro linguistic programming, and then you're going to get into like secret societies, and you're going to get into like all this sort of stuff. And they all kind of and then mind control. All of these are are kind of
3: different. And that Kabbalah, but yes,
2: <laughs>
3: right so
1: so I mean that tells you at the level of the story like what happens when there's
3: none of that well this is what I'm thinking now I really am enjoying your non-attachment style maybe I'll a non
1: so this is what it is like I don't want to live on a mountaintop like in a robe like talking to a yak even though I'm kind of doing that talking to horses um I want to interact, I want to interact with, 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 you know, the false reality, the, the other people, it's like, whatever it is, like, I'm like, I'm here. Like, I, this is how, I'm, this is how I'm going to do it. Like, and I don't have any idea where here is. And I realized that I could, I, I realized there were times that I defined it more, more clearly. Um, but I realized like, it doesn't matter what I define it at. Like, all that matters is like, how, how do I show up? And, and having the, the courage and then the faith, and then like it becomes easier to like, just like trust it. And I might be extreme in it, but I also think that it's a, um, it's a demonstration because I think we're seeing something collective right now and everyone is kind of meeting life. They're like, okay, now what? Like I could see the world has changed. I can. They kind of want me to go back in this, the way it used to be. They definitely are laying, telling me what it's going to look like if I continue down that path. What if I don't go down that path? And that's where you're going to start to bump up against, like, I don't know what to do in it. The old model doesn't make sense and that's when you're going to have to go and look and say like well what are my realistic options what can i do right now i'm to have to, and one of them is probably going to make more sense you're just going to have to choose and you're going to have to trust like that's the skill of like learning to be able to like this is it like warts and all like you know the i you no know, it seems overused but as an analogy but it's quite literally like this is a birth right it's messy like the entire world has like this is what a like when people I don't like you the this language has been used in the past like in many ways which I would internally roll my eyes listening to someone talk that way like the, there's been a new earth you know a new world has been born but it has or at least in my reality and every other person who I seem to be connected to which just confirms that you know that it's, it's different. And what that is, is like, you know, we're all meeting this, this uh, new different way of life. People are moving away from what was comfortable little by little. And where everyone is kind of learning to have more and more trust to go into new places and let go. And this is all mental. This is all mental constructs. It doesn't have to be anything physical. It doesn't mean like you have to move your house. It has to be like how you think of your house, how you think of money, how you think of the future, the career, all this sort of stuff. How you think of like, like the good guys and the bad guys. And then life carries you. Well, that's what I've been experiencing and been telling. And somehow that's tied to Freemasons as well. And that, that to me has me perplexed.
3: Um. I mean, I could, go many directions with that I think that was very beautiful what you just said that was like very inspirational and I kind of want to leave it right there because it makes me want to talk about like this whole bifurcation thing with like how the new age has been intentionally hijacked to make people expect a bit of a savior Mm -hmm. and you explained it in a much nicer way very positively (laughs) And I want to talk about loads of other things. So I kind of want to leave it right there because that was not anything that I had in mind to chat about tonight. Um, But I really liked all of that. (laughs) And it gives me lots of places to go. And I want to have you on again. So
1: there we go. How about this? You have me on again. And next time it'll just be like you ask a question and then I answer it. And then you ask the next question.
3: No, I never want it to be
1: that. But I think was... that would be fun because it would be a really it would be a really good juxtaposition to um to that that roller coaster ride I just put you on.
3: Can we just call it Twenty Questions with Michael Juan and you I can just call it Twenty
1: Questions with Michael Wan? I don't think you've on ever one. been on
3: a show that's done that before.
1: Uh, I have. Oh, well,
3: I, I don't think it was want to...
1: ten questions, but it wasn't just about me. They just invite people on and they ask the same ten questions. It's kind of an interesting concept.
3: Oh, I like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh my God, my kid just filled his pants. Do you hear that? That is the best way to end the show. Considering, considering, see, like, that's the perfect synchronicity. This is it. Considering
3: that when I was on your show, I did a poo pole. Oh my God. That's Lord. what I mean.
1: That's what I mean. You listen to life's cues. Now it's time. We're saying it's, uh, you need no, to take care time of business. To go. And so now we'll go.
3: Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Michael.
1: You're welcome. This was a lot of fun.